There had been abuse in my family, but it was mostly musical in nature. lover's lament crap. I want something peppy, something happy, something up-tempo. I want something snappy. While we've never been stranded on a desert island, we're always prepared with a jukebox full of songs we couldn't live without. And so are our guests. I'm Greg Cott. And I'm Jim DeRogatis. We'll hear from artists such as Mary J. Blige, Rush, and more about songs they can't live without. And later, we'll talk to the New York rock band Sunflower Bean. That's all coming up on Sound Opinions. This is Sound Opinions, and later on in the show, Jim, we are going to visit with a fast-rising New York City band named Sunflower Bean that you and I both loved at last year's South by Southwest Music Conference. But first, uh, you and I are going to take a swim out to that proverbial desert island, pop a quarter in the desert island jukebox, and play a song the artists who have been on our show cannot live without. You know, Greg, the Desert Island Jukebox is a game I think as old as popular music and jukeboxes itself. Lots of people sit around and say, what would you put in the jukebox if you could only bring one song or or ten songs or whatever? You know, you're stranded on the Desert Island. The question of how electricity is there to run the jukebox never gets, uh, never gets answered. Um, we generally hog the Desert Island Jukebox ourselves. But when we have time and the artist is not rushing out to make a sound check or a flight, uh, we like to play the game with artists who are particularly articulate because they're all music lovers, right? Mm -hmm. And everybody suddenly is transported to that 13 or 14-year-old boy or girl sitting in the basement playing each other records they're excited about. Uh, Who are we starting off with? This is a whole show of Desert Island Jukebox picks from guests on the show. Well, we're going to start off with an artist uh, with a really eclectic uh, musical background, a guy who's played in punk bands, a guy who's been an electronic uh, DJ and producer, uh, a guy who's experimented with virtually every kind of musical genre over the last three decades. And And now an author. and, And that would be Moby on the occasion of his recent memoir. Okay, there is a song that I heard the other day that affected me so profoundly and it made me really happy that it affected me as profoundly as it did. Um, actually, there are a few songs I've heard recently that have done that. But one is Peace Train by Cat Stevens. Mm. Hmm. And I heard it, and I haven't heard that song in forever. And it's so earnest and so beautiful. I mean, some this iconic song, everyone's yeah. heard it a million yeah. times. But it's one of those songs that when you listen to it, you're like, it's so hopeful. Now I've been happy lately. Thinking about the good things to come And I believe it could be Something good has begun Oh, I've been smiling lately Dreaming about the world at one And I believe it could be Someday it's going to come Cause out on the edge of darkness There rides a peace train Oh, peace train, take this country and also the, the context, you know, written whenever, late 60s, early yeah, 70s. Yeah, yeah. And 
the belief behind it that things were about to get better, mm-hmm. you know, and it just, it really affected me. And also there's certain songs that I have to remind myself, like at one point they didn't exist. Like I was at a Paul McCartney concert and I was able to go like be on stage while he was playing. Like I was not on stage with him, but yeah. like on the side of the stage and he was playing Let It Be on piano. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting there, you know, 50 feet away from Paul McCartney playing Let It Be on piano. And all of a sudden it dawned on me like, oh, he wrote this. Yeah. <laughs> like at one point this song didn't exist. And he sat at a piano and, and he, he sat wrote at it a just piano. like he's doing and it he, now. And it's something about that. I was like, oh my God, like this, it's not like this song has been around for 10,000 years mm-hmm. and he's covering it like he wrote it. When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. And in my hour of darkness, she is standing right in front of me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. Let it be, let it be, let it be. Let it be Whisper words of wisdom Let it be And Peace Train to think that like at some point Cat Stevens wrote this song. So that would be my jukebox, desert island pick of the day. Those are great. I was going to go with I was going to go with The Boxer by Simon and Garfunkel Mm -hmm. but I thought Peace Train instead. Moby, a man who's covered Mission of Burma, going with two uh, rather classic artists there, Cat Stevens and the Beatles, Greg. Uh, next up, we have Mary J. Blige. I was not at this taping. I still, one of my great regrets over mm. Sound Opinions I had to teach that day, was not here when the queen of hip-hop soul visited us. Here is her Desert Island jukebox pick. If I go to an island, it's Stevie. It's, it's um, Songs of the Key of Life. Yeah, Songs yeah. of the Key of Life. Wow. <laughs> That's a pretty pretty great and you know there's so much of it too that's the other thing that's really great there's just like what is it four sides of music plus the ep that he had in there as well yeah um yeah what was it you you heard that as a kid obviously yes and any particular track on that record stand out for you or i know there's a ton of them but anything in particular that you love as as now can't reveal the mystery of tomorrow but in passing we'll grow older every day me off my feet, pastime paradise, which they wore out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Been spending most of their lives living in a pastime paradise. Been spending most of their lives living in a pastime paradise. Ordinary pain, um, summer soft. <laughs> yeah, you can keep going. <laughs> I wish.
I don't want to keep going. But. Well, he could transcend. <laughs> he, he he could make everything sound transcendent. Like he was, there was a joy even yeah. even the, even in the dark stuff, you know, that he had in his voice. That is just extraordinary. Yeah, it's like a greatest hits record, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Mary J. Blige uh, with Stevie Wonder, Songs in the Key of Life. Uh, I I wonder, Jim, how many artists would name that particular album as a signpost album in their life? Stevie Wonder, in general, is a staple of the uh, Desert Island jukebox. Yeah, beautiful choice. Next up, we've got Slater Kinney, drummer Janet Weiss, singer-guitarist Corin Tucker, and singer-guitarist Carrie Brownstein. They all made picks, and uh, they come from all over the map. And first, we start with drummer Janet Weiss. I think it's got to be Sam Cooke. Which one? Gosh. Well, I guess I would just take Greatest Hits. Yeah. Can't go wrong with that. Yeah. Um, but that's just today. Any other day, you're, you might get something totally different. What is it about Sam that you love? Well, last night on the bus, we, we I did a little DJing on the drive, <laughs> <laughs> the 90-minute drive. And uh, I was playing a bunch of songs that you might play at, at weddings. I mean, it's between Otis Redding and Sam Cooke. I just feel like you could listen to those voices forever and you would just hear new things in them and you would be less lonesome on your island, (laughs) I guess. I was born by the river In a little tent Oh, and just like the river I've been running Ever since It's been a long A long time coming But I know A change gonna come Who wants to go next? Carrie Corn? Who's, who's got one? You got one, Corn? I would pick Marky Moon by Television Oh yeah I just, I love that record I listened to it recently and I was like I'm still totally in love with this record. I hear something new in it every time. I'm always kind of transported to the world of those guitars. When did you first hear that record? I think it was when I moved to Olympia, and I was just suddenly exposed to all this new music I hadn't heard, and I was probably like, you know, 17 at the time, but there was just mixtapes and dance parties, and people would be like, have you heard this record? And I was I was just yeah. totally floored. Yeah, that's amazing stuff. Um, so, Carrie, what about, what about you? If it's just today, I was going to say a Stevie Wonder record, but maybe I'll just say... A, a record that really I've been listening to a lot is Tears for Fears, Songs from the Big Chair. <laughs> yeah. I think I could listen to that a lot. Yeah. That's uh, that's not the one with... Uh, is that Everybody Wants to Rule the World in it? Yeah. yeah. Head Over Heels. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, all of them. It's, it's their, it's their yeah. hit record. It's, there's some great sounds and songs on that record.
had some pretty intense songs for like a band that sort of had a wimpy reputation. Their songs were actually pretty uh, emotionally intense. Yeah, the songwriting is, is really solid and the singing. So ever an influence on the way you've approached stuff or just kind of? Mm, no, probably somewhere in the back of my brain, but yeah, never like... I never listened to Tears for Fears and then went down and started playing guitar. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that's the part of the next album. Exactly. Well, that's a good read. I love that. That's a, a it's an out of left field choice that I was not expecting. Well, you, I feel like you gave us license because you said it's just for today. Right. Like, it's just for my island today. Tomorrow I'll be on a different island. The women of Slater, Kenny, Janet Weiss, Corin Tucker, Carrie Brownstein, uh, music lovers, one and all. So is the young R&B singer, multi-instrumentalist, songwriter, Shamir, uh, a name that might not be as familiar to folks, except if they listen to him on Sound Opinions. Um, a really great rising talent, and I think he'll surprise you with his pick. Lately, I've been listening at least 15 times a day. <laughs> um, the song called uh, Lisbon um, by this band called Wolf Alice. Mm. Yeah, I love that band, yeah. U- UK band. Great. Yeah, super cool. How'd you come across it? Um, I had heard of them. Obviously, I heard um, Moni Lisa Smile, which is like a cool song. Um, and then uh, I met them, hung out with them um, in uh, Switzerland. Mm. Uh, we played the same festival, and they're just like really cool people. So I was like, okay, I'll check out their album. And uh, yeah, that's uh, one of the album tracks that I'm just obsessed with right now. What do you like about the sound? Um... The drums in that song is insane, first mm. and foremost. Um, and I just love the melody. I love the the second verse that uh, Ellie sings. And she goes, uh, Feel like running, feel like crack, feel like going out and smashing windows. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Yeah, yeah, I can yeah. agree with that so much sometimes. Yeah. You know, just like, oh. Who can't? Who can't? <laughs> Shamir with a pick that I don't think either one of us could have predicted. Uh, Wolf Alice, a really good UK rock band, uh, that, that song Lisbon that uh, Shamir picked. Next up, we have uh, Jim. I, I can't say how giddy we both were yeah, knowing that we were going to get Rush on the phone to talk uh, music and their career and then finally end up with uh, the Desert Island jukebox picks uh, from Alex Lifeson and Getty Lee. But there we were, like a couple of kids uh, listening to their stories. Alex is going to be up first with his Desert Island jukebox pick. For what it's worth, Buffalo Springfield. Mm. Wow. That's, that's, I remember the first time I heard that song in my uh, dad's car on the radio. And it was a sunny, summery day, and I was just blown away by it. And every time I hear that song, I'm transported. There's something about the sound of it and the, the feel of it. The tremolo guitar and the, you know, the background. I 
think it's time we stop Children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down There's battle lines being drawn Nobody's right if everybody's wrong Young people speak in their minds Are getting so much resistance from behind Yeah, it's a great collaboration, the, the Stills lyric and then the, uh, I, I guess it was Neil that was playing that riff, that, that sort of reverberating, uh, haunting riff, but uh, yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about there. It's, uh, it, it's a song that sort of gets under your skin, doesn't it? Yeah, and stays there. Yeah. And, and Getty, what about you? I think I'd have to choose uh, the Who album, Who's Next. Um, I think it's one of the most important rock albums ever made, and certainly to me it was a shining sort of pinnacle of what what uh, sort of adventurous rock meets uh, melodic rock can do. And I think every single song on that album is, is so good. And... Uh, it was a real game changer for me as to something to inspire me. In terms of me wanting to write songs, I think The Who was probably the biggest influence on me. I, Pete Townsend's writing, I mean to me, he's just the greatest writer of rock music that's that's ever been. So I've always admired him, I've always admired what, what he was able to do, and listening to those songs makes me want to write a song. Yeah. Rush going uh, classic rock back to both going back to the 60s, early 70s with Buffalo Springfield and The Who. After a break, more Desert Island jukebox picks from Sound Opinions guests. Then later, we've got a live performance from Brooklyn Rockers Sunflower Bean. That's all coming up on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and PRX. Calling on a phone I've got no time to be alone Some are coming at me all the time You better think I lose my mind Cause I'm stranded on my own Stranded far from home All right I'm riding on a midnight train But everybody just looks the same I'm a better reflection I'm lost, but I've got no direction And I'm stranded on my own Stranded far from home All right Stranded, I'm so far from home
Welcome back to Sound Opinions. I'm Jim DeRogatis. My partner is Greg Cott, and we are sharing never-before-aired audio from some of the great guests we've had on the show. We are so lucky, Greg, to be able to have folks like these come in. Before the break, we talked to uh, Mary J. Blige, Moby, and others. Now let's hear what legendary musician and one of the founders of A&M Records, Herb Albert, told us he'd take to his Desert Island jukebox. Oh, I really can't think of one. You know, I, I, I listen to a lot of classical music. I listen to jazz. I listen to pop. You know, I'm, I'm all over the board. So I, I don't know if there's one thing. I certainly adored Miles Davis. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, a lot of the records he made were uh, that, that will live on forever. Miles had so many phases. Was there a particular phase of, of Miles's career that you really I- admired? Well, you know, I think he was the seminal jazz artist. I think he really understood the art form. I mean, it, you know, the Kind of Blue album is pretty spectacular. I mean, that thing sells like 5,000 uh, records, a, well, I think, a week or a month or whatever. Yeah. But that's a jazz album. It's the highest-selling you know, jazz album of all time. So he made a lot of, you know, noise. Not not just because he was Miles Davis, because he, he was special. The guy had uh, a real feeling for for making music that touches. He he, he touched deeply, and, and you know when he, in an interview, said uh, you hear three notes, and you know it's Herb Alpert. I mean that was quite flattering for me. Mm. Herb Alpert going with a go-to classic of the jazz canon. Yeah, uh, Miles Davis. You can't go wrong with Kind of Blue. Next up, we've got Bob Mould, who's been a guest on our show numerous times, Jim. He is famous for having this collection of 45 RPM singles that have formed the foundation of his musical career. And he's going to go back to an earlier era to give us his Desert Island jukebox pick. Uh, just got the Beatles mono box set. Oh. <laughs> so I keep I keep going back to the same default. I always, you know, Revolver never uh, never grows old for me. Always a great record, and uh, just pick your song. <laughs> it's just a masterpiece. It's true. Tomorrow never knows, man. Still blows my mind every how time many, I hear how, it. How many bands? Yeah. How many generations? It's amazing. And and what about the mono mix? Uh, the the mono version of that record because the Snare. Beatles fans go back and forth. It's good. It's what, different. It's yeah. different. I've heard, you know I mean I've spent so much time with the uh, you know with the stereos over the years. It's nice to hear. Drums are a little more focused. I think everybody's like, oh my God, Ringo, there he is. Mm-hmm. One of our heroes, Greg, Bob Mould, going back to the classic mono mix of Revolver. You know, I'm sitting here on my right arm. I've got the cover of Revolver tattooed on the left. I have the Husker Du symbol. Mm-hmm. Uh, somehow appropriate with Bob. Now we're going to go to a behind-the-scenes player, largely. L.A. Reed 
as a producer, has worked with artists as diverse as Mariah Carey and Megan Trainor. Uh, played a role in the career of Kanye West, was the founder of LaFace Records, and now the number one man at Epic Records, one of the last big remaining major labels. What does he play on the Desert Island Jukebox? I like to hear Haitian Divorce <laughs> by Steely Dan. Wow. <laughs> he is a fusion guy. That's <laughs> what I want to hear today. That's what great. is it about that tune? The, st- the melodies are incredible. The Caribbean rhythms are incredible. But the story is just so <laughs> funny to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny. You know, this couple, you know, she goes off to the island. She has an affair. <laughs> and she comes home pregnant. And, and he thinks it's his. And the kid comes out black. <laughs> got a surprise coming. <laughs> hey, I think it's a funny story. A wicked wit those boys have. Yes, wicked. <laughs> Great. was not, you know, I wouldn't, this is one of those choices where you kind of go, okay, what's LA going to pick? I mean, not you blew my yeah. mind with that <laughs> Never, never. That's, wouldn't have been in the top 20,000. That's we awesome. I love, I love it. That's great. L.A. Reid with uh, Haitian Divorce by Steely Dan. <laughs> you know what? Again, one of those picks we just didn't see coming. Very cool reference from uh, from the 70s. Well, guys like uh, Herb Albert and L.A. Reid, you know, in the music business, there's that the, the ultimate uh, uh, praise for guys like that. They've got ears. Mm-hmm. And indeed they did. That wraps up our trip to the desert island, though. Now we want to ask, what's one song you would take and play on the desert island jukebox? Call 888-859-1800 and leave a message with your pick and why. Next up, we're going to talk to a young rock band from New York City, Sunflower Bean. That's in a minute on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and PRX.
Welcome back to Sound Opinions. That is the song Human Ceremony from our guest this week, the young Brooklyn art rocker Sunflower Bean. Three members of the band, Greg, Nick Kivlin on guitar and vocals, Julia Cumming on bass and vocals, and Jacob Faber on drums. Uh, They're a hardworking band. Uh, From 2014 to 2015 alone, they played the most shows in New York City of any band, or so they claimed. Yes, Jim, and their first record uh, came out last year, Human Ceremony, very well received. Uh, you know, a style that's all over the map. They, you really can't put your finger on, uh, they do this one thing. They, they bring a lot of influences into their music. There's everything from a li- little bit of a British folk thing in some of the songs to something heavier, more, more metallic, uh, and everything in between. We saw them at uh, South by Southwest in 2016. We're very impressed with their poise, their confidence, and their songwriting at that point. And we saw that they had tremendous potential. You know, the band started with uh, Nick and Jacob, so I asked Nick about how they got together and what the idea for the group was initially. Me and Jacob were not really friends, actually. We were just becoming friends when we started playing together. I was trying to start my own band where I would be writing the songs and playing guitar, and I was waiting around at the high school waiting for this drummer that I knew in the city to get back to me because I was going to go in and jam with him. And Jacob was like on an off period or something. And we were kind of just like, oh, well, why don't me and you just play and like save me the trip like going to Manhattan. We can just play right now. (laughs) And then I never played with the other drummer and me and Jacob played every day after that. Yeah, He's still wondering why he haven't returned his call. He's left (laughs) numerous voicemail messages since then. So, Julia, where do you come into this mix? Like you, were, you were doing your own thing in, in New York at the time, too, right? Yeah, I'm from, um, like, Alphabet City, like East Village. And I was in another band, too, and I was kind of doing my own music. I guess me and Nick became friends, and he was like, I'm starting this band called Sunflower Bean. And I was like, I remembered it, and I was like, oh, that's going to be cool. And I saw them play, actually. There was, like, an array of bass players, and Nick was like, just, just do it. I was nervous because I thought that the boys were really good, and I was like, oh, if we do this, like, I have a feeling that this is going to be the thing that we do. And mm-hmm. <laughs> that was kind of like an overwhelming thought. And then Julia came over <laughs> for one practice, and she was like a fish in water. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, it just worked perfectly. Oh, wow. So yeah. it, it was instant uh, kind of love, huh? It was pretty Music much wise. I knew, yeah. it, I knew, I had a feeling, and I was kind of scared, because I was like... <laughs> A senior in high school, and I was like, oh, man. For people who don't know the band, I mean, you were teenagers when all this was happening. You were high school age people, right? Yeah. When it was all pretty much happening. Uh, Pretty staggering, I think, uh, when people realized that you were playing gigs in New York City fairly regularly at this point in your lives. Uh, I want to get to that in a minute, but let's hear some music first. Um, What do you want to play first? Uh, I think the first song we're going to play is Easier Said. Cool. Thanks. Yeah.
Easier said from Sunflower Bean on Sound Opinions. I'm Greg Cott with Sunflower Bean here in the studio. Nick Kivlin, Jacob Faber, Julia Cumming. A lot of sound from three instruments. So the cliche, every article about Sunflower Bean has got to talk about the fact that your teenagers starting this band. You're from the home of hip-hop. Why were you guys even interested in starting a rock band as, as uh, young, young people in the United States of America because everybody listens to uh, rap music these days and rock bands are passe. Julia, where are you coming from on this? My instinct was to say because we're losers. <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, I think that it's just kind of who we've always been and I think that we were lucky to have parents who were all really interested in music and did stuff and kind of supported our hopes a little bit. We talk about it a lot, but there is like a, a bit of a DIY scene usually in in uh, a lot of cities. In, in New York, there was like 285 Kent and uh, a lot of places where we could go and see music and see people that just put on shows and do these things that you don't really think is possible. And you're like, oh, I could do that. So your generation of parents, you know, uh, it, it needs to be said, like my generation of parents, there's no way I would have been influenced by that in terms of this kind of music I, if I were in a band. And yet you're, you guys are coming from a generation of parents that, uh, you know, heard the Ramones. You know, rock and roll in, you know, a classic sense is not really the sound of our generation exactly. It doesn't really feel like mm -hmm. the sound of the youth. And I think that that is... Maybe one of the most exciting parts about being a rock band now is because you can kind of f try to figure out how to how to keep it fresh and how to keep it contemporary and and interesting because these are like things that people know and see and it feels like your parents thing but you know there are bands like Tame Impala and Unknown Mortal Orchestra and stuff like that that kind of can twist it and make it so it's not just like it doesn't feel old and I think that's something we try to do. It's interesting. So you're you're coming from these rock touchstones how do you make it your own what are you finding is your way of sort of you know putting your personal stamp on something that has been around for you know 50 60 years now I don't think it's as much as a conscious effort to do something original it's just sort of your translation interpretation of the last you know 50 to 60 years of music which isn't really that long you know mm -hmm. like in the span of things like 50 to 60 years is no time at all in a hundred years, people won't know who came first, Sunflower Bean or Nirvana. <laughs> Ten years, <laughs> 20 years. What are these things in the scheme of... That's right. Time. Well, I think the thing, <laughs> the thing also is that Sunflower Bean is all three of us. Like We all write the songs all together, so it's not coming from one person. And because of that, there's a lot of each of our different you know, influences. And those influences coming together, I think you know, hopefully does make something original. Like, we're just as influenced by the Beach Boys as we may be by, like, Noi. And to kind of bring all that stuff together, I think, is um, a part of our sound. I want you to give me
So Julia, coming into this group, Nick and Jacob had already gotten a thing going. There were songs being written. You're a vocalist and a songwriter in your own right. How did you feel coming to this band that was already somewhat established? How did you see yourself fitting in with yeah. these guys? The band, when I saw it, was still in like baby stages because you're having a hard time finding a bass player. The band that I was in before this was like kind of like acoustic, psychedelic, like kind of trying to be Sid Barrett-y. And then my own music, I was trying to figure out where that stood post that. And I definitely wanted to do something really heavy. And I, I am like a big, um, you know, like Who fan. And, and I thought Jacob was like an amazing drummer and like reminded me of Keith Moon. And I just thought that it would be um, just really fun in a, in a way to enter a new phase and try all these things and try to get to a different um, part of myself as a, as a musician. You're listening to Sound Opinions. We're here in the studio with Sunflower Bean. Um, how about another song? This next song is called I Was Home. It's a song about my friend Aaron. <laughs>
I was home from Sunflower Bean on Sound Opinions. I'm so glad you played that song because um, I remember when I first saw you guys, I, I knew the uh, the song Wall Watcher, I think it was, right? Um, yeah. Kind of a song that had been released before the record came out. And I really liked that. And then I heard that song. And I'm going, what the heck is going on here? You know, it didn't sound like the same band, but it was a like a good feeling. Like these guys aren't one style of music. And I, I imagine that causes some problems when pe- when you're trying to tell people what kind of a band you are. <laughs> we call it neo psychedelia for the digital age. <laughs> you know, I think I think a lot of the best bands all alternate their sound a lot from mm-hmm. different song to song. You know, like I always think of us. In that aspect, it's kind of like as Led Zeppelin, the way they <laughs> not, bounce. Not that we're <laughs> not, yeah. the, not any comparison other than the fact that right. their albums have a, not not the first one, but everything after that has like a very they have like, interesting like, wide yeah. range of mm-hmm. songs. Yeah, they have like their folk song, their hard rock song. If it was just one thing, it would be boring, especially for three you know or- artists who are trying to you know, do something and, and be passionate about it together. I think when we um, started recording the album, too, we kind of realized some stuff as well. Because before we were, like, a pretty... We were just pretty heavy. We were being a really heavy band, and we put out this um, single with Fat Possum, the first thing we did with them. And we had tried to really record it, like, you know, at this studio that was, like, known for getting, like, really good, like, Black Sabbath-y drums, and it was, like, it was cool what we made. But I think from doing that, we realized that we wanted to um, figure out some other things that we could do as well. And I went to school for classical singing, and I was like kind of ignoring that for whatever reason. And then I was like, wait, I really kind of want to do that. And that's where a lot of the harmonies came in on the album and, um, you know, trying different stuff. And I think that, you know, that's become part of our sound and being able to represent the album that we made live rather mm-hmm. than, you know, just being like this being like a heavy one sounding thing. Right, right. I think one of the things that was interesting to me was that that sound sort of came together. It seemed to be, you, you guys played a lot. And my, my, my sense was that there was a lot of gigs, a lot of shows that you guys played, which, is always, a, which is always a good thing. But I think there's, a, there's also this, when I've talked to bands from New York City uh, that have played in that scene in the past, they talk about how difficult it is to get those early gigs when you don't really have a lot of material, you don't have a reputation. Yet. Yeah, it was just our case that we knew so many people. We basically opened like every single show for about six months. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like we played at eight o'clock at every single show in New York. <laughs> we played the most shows out of any band between 2014 and 2015 in New York City. <laughs> That's like the official listing you know and it's 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 definitely a a cool thing that we didn't help us like learn a lot about um each other as musicians and you know we can kind of anticipate each other's movements which is cool but you know I think we're excited to make the next record too and learn a lot more about 
the studio and being able to do that. Cause I think once you know that too, then you can kind of, that, that, that to me would be freedom would be knowing how to, mm-hmm. how to record really well. Did you learn stuff from making this record that you want to take into uh, the next album when it comes Absolutely. out? Absolutely. Well, what, what are, what are the main things that you took out of that experience that you want to apply going forward, Nick? Um, mostly it would be unflinching dedication and that sort of, buckling down and really forcing yourself to stay focused. I think that's my biggest problem is like I'll do something and then I'll be like, oh, well, it gets the essence of it, then it's good enough, you know? But Mm -hmm. being more of a perfectionist has a lot of benefits and I, I don't think I had that before we recorded this album. I think also we, when we made the album, I was what I was 19. The boys are 20. Mm-hmm. And now the boys are 21, I'm 20. And, you know, even like a year, so many things happen and um, they change you. And I think us having also the confidence to look deeper into ourselves with songwriting, I think I'm excited for that and go to some different places there with just, you know, the songs, you know, because now we've kind of like said hello to the world and like, you know, we 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 know who we are, but I think that there's still so many things that, we can do over the next few months with songwriting and mm-hmm. we're really looking forward to that i think you're listening to sound opinions we are in the studio with sunflower bean uh nick jacob julia what are we going to hear next uh the last song we're going to play is called come on <laughs>
Come on from Sunflower Bean. The new record is Human Ceremony. So we've been in the studio with Sunflower Bean, Nick, Jacob, and Julia. Thanks so much for coming in, guys. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much. So fun. That wraps up our chat with Sunflower Bean. To check out exclusive video of their live performance, visit soundopinions.org. Greg, what do we have on the show next week? Jim, we are actually here in Austin, Texas, the South by Southwest Music Conference. We will have a full report with the music and the bands that you need to hear about. Greg, thanks to Adam Yaffe and Andrew Gill for helping with Sunflower Bean. Sound Opinions have been produced by Brendan Banizak, Evan Chung, Alex Claiborne, and Ayana Contreras. Operator, oh, could you help me place this call? See the number on the matchbook is old and faded. On Sound Opinions, everyone's a critic. So now it's time to hear what you have to say. New messages. Hey, Jim and Greg. This is Mark in Charlottesville, Virginia. For your one and done show, I would like to suggest the 2004 self-titled album by a girl called Eddie, which is the stage name of a singer-songwriter named Aaron Moran. Not the Happy Days actress, by the way. It's a really melancholy album, all about heartbreak and loss, and the songs are just gorgeous. Sometimes they're subdued, sometimes they're jaunty, sometimes they rise up and soar majestically and manage to be joyful and heartbroken at the same time. The album was co-produced by Richard Hawley, and it sounds a lot like some of his albums. There's lots of vibrato guitar and vibraphones and strings, and the songs kind of float and breathe organically instead of having a lot of attack to them, although some of them do rock. And the end result has more in common with something like Burt Backrack or Dusty Springfield than it does with any of its contemporaries, and that gives the record a timeless quality. It doesn't sound like anything else from its era. Thanks a lot, guys. Hi, this is Will. I'm calling from St. Paul, Minnesota. And I'm calling about your one-and-done show. I hope you will uh, give a shout-out to the Exploding Hearts, uh, Portland, Oregon, kind of punkish power pop band uh, from about 15 years ago who put out one album, um, Guitar Romantic, which is just a masterpiece of, well, someone described it as sounding like The Clash if uh, Mick Jones had written all the songs. Unfortunately, um, they got into a van accident um, after a show, and uh, three out of four members of the band were killed. Um, So, unfortunately, there's a sad story behind why they only had one album. But that one album is just a, in my opinion, just a great classic of that kind of sound. Thanks. Hi, this is Gary from New Hyde Park, New York. I just listened to your one and done episode, and as usual, it was very interesting, and I learned a lot about different music I hadn't heard before, but I think you left out the most obvious choice, Derek and the Dominoes. I know Eric Clapton's in it, so you're going to avoid 
doing something with somebody so famous in it. But come on, this album had Layla on it. It had Dwayne Allman playing with uh, Eric Clapton. And they, I had seen those tapes of them on the Johnny Cash show when they were actually trying to be a real band. So I don't think that you could have a one-and-done show without Derek and the Dominoes, that's for sure. Thanks, Spike. Hi there, my name is Earl, and I live in Oregon, and uh, yeah, I enjoyed the thing about Duke of Earl, but let me tell you, there are a group of people in this country who really hate that song. As soon as somebody learns that my name is Earl... I see a little gleam in their eye, a little smile comes to their lips, and I know what's going to happen. They will start singing. Duke, 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 Duke of Earl, Duke, Duke, Duke of Earl. Whether they can sing or not, and they usually can't. And I'll tell you, it wasn't even funny or amusing the first time. And the 5,000th time, yeah, I don't have a good feeling about that song, guys. Sorry. No more messages. To give us your opinions on Sound Opinions, call our hotline, 888-859-1800. We'll be back next week with more Sound Opinions, produced by WBEZ Chicago and distributed by PRX.